right, I have a pair of tickets to give away for the second game of Saturday's doubleheader against the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, th- this, this is, is a, a tough one. I mean, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season Slam long dunks. here in Blair and Barker, and we'll continue to do that whether you listen to the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer, <clears throat> pardon me, to our daily baseball trivia question, 590-590. Yesterday we asked you which player has played the most games in Tampa Bay Rays history. The answer was Evan Longoria. Now, three days in a row, I nailed the answer to the Rays trivia question. I Seriously, folks, if you were in here, if you were in here when they asked me the trivia question, I got it. I got all three of them within 10 seconds. You may be the only one who cares. I know. Today's one, I needed two hints to get. I'll, I eventually got it, but I had to work for it. Today's question to win a pair of tickets to see the Jays and Rays down at the Rogers Center on Saturday. That's a 6 p.m. start. What player was selected number one overall by the Rays in the 1999 MLB draft? I'm going to give you a hint here. He became a star with the Texas Rangers. So, what player was selected number one overall by the Rays in the 1999 MLB draft? Hint, he became a star with the Texas Rangers. This is the one where I almost feel like giving the tickets away to the best wrong answer. Texas Rangers gave it away. I know, I'm get, but... Let's, I didn't know it until you just said Texas Rangers. Yeah, I, I know. I, I I mean, that was the hint that did it for me. I'm just going to check and see if anybody's jumped in here right now. Because if you have, then I'm the second best Rays fan in Toronto. Like, seriously. So I'm just going to see. I bet somebody's already fired in the text line. You know what's hard? Typing our password to get into the text line when you're on air is hard because I'm trying to do two things at once. Son of a... Okay, two, no. A minute after I asked the, the question, dude got the right answer. Mm. Wow. And we've got, oh, and we've got a great, oh, we've got a great wrong answer too. We have a really good, really good wrong answer too. Oh, I love this. And then we just had an answer that makes no freaking sense at all. But I know where, I know, you don't, you didn't put your name on it. That's, you got to put your name on it. You didn't put your name on it, but I will tell you, you know, I just, the answer you, I, I, I see, I see what you were thinking with your answer. So I take that back. I, I see what, I see where you were going with the answer. Anyhow, this is a good question. There's some real good answers here. Tough one. It's a tough one. Let's bring in Shai Davidi. He's our MLB insider with Sportsnet. How are you doing, Mr. Davidi? I'm all right. What's going on? Oh, we're just having fun with our trivia question. Do you like my idea that we should give away the tickets to the best wrong answer? Terrible idea. Like an answer where somebody, clearly they clearly they didn't cheat, right? Clearly somebody said, I'm not going on baseball reference. I'm going to try to come up with this on my own. They've worked it through their brain. They send right. in an answer, and it's wrong, but it, you know, it could be right. I think it's a great idea, don't you? You're right? not first, you're last. I, uh, I I just don't I just don't see how you can properly measure intent there because mm-hmm. you know what, what's to stop people from just do, you know sending in the most absurd answer possible uh, uh, in the hopes of winning uh, winning the ticket in that way. Yeah, I mean, I never thought of that. I I, I you know I kind of give I give our listeners a little more credit than that. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I am I a man of the people. 
I, I oh. maybe just maybe just open up, just say, hey, give me the most absurd answer you can, mm, and well. just and then points for creativity. Well, that's not bad. I like that idea. Jeff would have to buy the tickets. You know, he's yeah, not and I'm not going to buy the tickets. <laughs> not, not, a know, that's not a chance. Have to, the Jays would have to give me a couple of tickets for me to do that. Or shy, if you want it, you could buy the tickets sure. and give them to me, and I would do. You know, that. I mean, you know, so I didn't ask me to show. When, 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 if, if if I was part of the show, that's different. I'm just uh, you would buy tickets for the show. No, I'm saying if I was uh, if I was you know this is uh, this is Blair uh, Blair and Barker this isn't Blair Barker and Davidi okay. so you know right. if, if if your name's on the marquee you got to flip the bill dude I there you think, go Jeff I, I think let's go and I think Barker your should. idea anyhow uh, hey uh, I mean, I, I, I want to talk obviously want to talk about the bullpen and, and and the developing situation with the Blue Jays but you're you're uh, you're reporting in your story on Vladdy Jr. not going to the not going to the home run derby despite being asked. I would imagine, shy. I haven't checked the social media responses to your your the, tweeting out the link to the story, but I got to think that ninety nine point nine nine percent of the people are going. Thank God. Yeah, I, I, I would. I'm not sure if it's that's the exact ratio, but look, I think most fans are able to recognize that Vlad's priorities are in the right place, right? That he's his focus is on winning games for the Blue Jays and not putting on a good display. Uh, and, you know, I wonder if there's part of it where he looks back at his experience in 2019 when, you know, he hit 91 total home runs, had the 40, had the single round record of 40 uh, in, in that great showdown uh, with, I believe it's with Jock Peterson. Uh, and just, you know, just how much that demanded physically of him, you know, I mean, that's 91 home runs, you know, there, there are dozens more swings within that all in a short period of time, you know, that it, it's a significant physical outlay. And, you know, he, he looks back on that and realized it took something out of him. You know, the Blue Jays were just acclimating to, to the big leagues. You know, they were, they were in the midst of a 95 loss train wreck in 2019. So it didn't really matter. Uh, but that's not the case anymore. And, you know, Guerrero understands his importance. He understands what he, what's important to him. And, you know, he, he's prioritizing the right things. Shai's grown up. Uh, you, you, if you've noticed uh, all year mechanically, he's been off. Uh, that, that's not what we've seen mechanically, the out in front, the late, the lean back. Even the hit he got yesterday, sometimes you got to be lucky. That, that 2-0 swing that he took where he's leaning back when he swings, and that's why he's beating the ball on the ground. Mechanically sound, he has not been all season. Maybe that shows a little that he's grown up and he understands that yeah, I need to do a little bit more work and me taking 90 big daddy hacks at a all-star game is probably not the right thing to do. Yeah. I think that's part of it. I do also think that he's been through a lot of things physically this year and mm-hmm. there, there's something to that where he's had to work around, you know, he had the foot thing earlier in the season and he got stepped on with the finger uh, he got hit, hit in the hand. Uh, you know, the wrist was bothering him. You know, he's never, he's found ways to be competitive while having to, to get through different bumps and bruises. And, and that's part of becoming a big leaguer too. But, you know, I, I liked both the approach of both him and Bo in that ninth inning last night, you know, that you could get big in those spots and they didn't necessarily get big. You know, I think Bo did a nice job of, you know, just punching that ball, a uh, fastball in through the right side, uh, through a hole in the right side to, to tie the game. And, you know, Guerrero, 
you know, spat on a couple chase sliders and then got a third one up on the zone. And yeah, he maybe, maybe didn't hit it quite the way that he did, but you know, he got it into, he got it just enough. And so I, I just think overall that there's been a, b- a bit of a maturity uh, and, and a bit of understanding that, you know, you've got to find ways around the, the physical ailments that, that come up during a season uh, and and I think that's uh, that's probably a significant reason as to why he hasn't maybe been, you know, the same guy that he was last year. Shai, what did they do with Yusei Kikuchi? <laughs> what, I, right now, you, you keep running him out there because mm. there aren't a ton of options, especially this week where you know, they're going to have the doubleheader on Saturday. And yeah, I, I know it, you, you look at Kikuchi and it's maddening, right? Because... Mm-hmm like all the ingredients are there and it's just not blending together in quite the right way. So I think because of that, you know, the Blue Jays feel like he's just an adjustment away from, from sort of taking off and, and being fine. And, you know, the Blue Jays don't need him to be, you know, Kevin Gossman or Alec Manoa. They just need him to be Ross Stripling. And he, with his stuff, he can certainly do that. You know, if he's doing, he's giving them five or six, and you know, four runs or so. Uh, you know, the Blue Jays are doing cartwheels all the way down the street. So, you know, I know that it's it's kind of you, you look at the, those last few atoms and you just kind of want to shake your head and throw something at a wall. But it just everything is there, and that if he just figures figures it out a little bit that that it could click and he can roll and just be just be competent which is all they need of how, how do you think uh ross is approaching the additions he needs to make at this time both in the immediate term and in and and in the the midterm well you know the, it's pretty clear that they need impact in the bullpen you know uh, it's funny, Ben Nicholson Smith and I had some conversations with some people, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, the sense was, uh, you know, the Blue Jays could go, you know, a few different ways in, you know, how they go about addressing their team uh, at the trade deadline. And, you know, I think since then, it's become pretty clear that they probably need another starter or at least, you know, another swing guy who can come out of the pen and start if needed. Uh, and, you know, they have to, they just absolutely have to get uh, at least one, if not two, two dudes who can get some swing and miss for the bullpen to help lock games down. And so, you know, the Blue Jays are, are, have been sniffing around uh, right now as, as, as every team should be. And it's not just, it's just not a, a time that's ripe to make deals. So, you know, I'm not sure what some of the options are out there. The, you know, the pending addition of, of Sergio Romo is, uh, you know, an example of how you, you leave no stone unturned and you try whatever you can at this point. Uh, but I do think that there's been a li- maybe a little bit more definition as, as to what the needs are, whereas before you might have said, you know, they probably could use a left-handed bat, a guy who can move around. Uh, you know, I, th- I think in an ideal world, they could still get, you know, a left-handed hitting center fielder, but you know, with the way Kevin Biggio has emerged, if this is what Kevin Biggio is going to be for the rest of the year or something like this, you know, I think you're probably fine from a positional player standpoint. Uh, just the, the, the pitching needs have become very, very clear over the past few weeks. And, 
you know, that it doesn't appear likely that that's that they're going to find an eternal answer to that. Yeah. And one thing, too, I, I should have mentioned, I neglected to mention this earlier, but it, this is something Charlie said yesterday in his in his his pregame availability. He may have said it before, but uh, he, he made pretty clear that Cavan is going to he said Cavan's going to play center field here before the season's over, too. Mm. And I don't know if he said that. Maybe he said that in the past, but he was he was pretty clear about that. Yeah, and, and he's done it before, and they've put a lot on him. And, you know, I think in some ways the Blue Jays have tried to be a little strategic in how, how they expand his workload. You know, at first it was just, you know, let's get him back and get him right. And, you know, both from a physical and a mental perspective, it's been a lot for, for Kevin over the past year and a half. And, you know, now he's starting to feel good, and you see him performing the way that he can. And there's some trust building in him, um, some, uh, you know, for him, some some trust in his new role and that, you know, the bats are going to be there for him, that you could start adding on a little bit. And, you know, between, you know, Tapia getting some reps in center field recently and, you know, perhaps some for Bijou as well, you know, I think the, the Blue Jays are trying to find some ways to take some, some of the work off, uh, off George Springer, that it's not just Bradley Zimmer who – you know, is, is is great coming off the bench, but you probably don't want starting twice a week. Do you think they would trade one of the catchers to get what they want or need? I think it would have to be just just a home run deal that it is so overwhelming. I think there's a there's a strong case for the Blue Jays to keep carrying these three catchers for the rest of the season, and you know, I do think there's a part of uh, or there's at least a portion of this club that probably misses Danny Jansen and his skill set behind the plate, you know, that's not a knock at Kirk or Moreno, but you know, Moreno has done a tremendous job, but we have to remember that he's a kid in a pennant race and that you can't fast track, you know, the subtleties of catching, you know, that's something that he has to learn through experience and you, you're not being fair to your team or to, or to Moreno. If you're throwing him in the deep end and saying, Hey, you know, here, catch 50% of our games. Uh, you know, with, with Kirk, it's pretty clear that, you know, they want to very much manage his workload and ensure that you keep that bat steady for the rest of the season. So, you know, it's, it's been since the beginning of May that he's caught on back-to-back days. And, you know, that that's, they clearly seem to believe that that's the best path forward with him. So, you know, are you giving all those reps to Moreno? Or in, all, in, a, in an ideal world, you're giving some to Danny Jansen, too. Uh, because of what he means to your pitching staff and uh, the value that he brings. So, you know, I think at least for this season, uh, you can make a, there's a pretty compelling case to continue to catch three, uh, go with three catchers on the roster, even though it's not an ideal setup on your, on your big league club. Uh, and then maybe in the off season, you try to figure it out because you can backfill in different ways at that point in time. Shy, really good of you to join us today. Thanks Great so much, man. Great insight. Thanks, buddy. As always. Thanks. Yeah, stay well, guys. Please. Take care. Shai Davidi, MLB Insider with Sportsnet, MLB columnist uh, with Sportsnet. And, um, yeah, it, it's uh, – it seems like we've done the same freaking show for, like, the last <laughs> three weeks for the most part, just about about the bullpen. It'd be and, really and, nice and, to and know what they're willing to give up. What, what they think of prospects, or the, at least the prospects that they do have. 
Marino, I would guess, would be, I don't want to say untouchable, but I would think that would be probably as close as you're going to get just because of what he brings and the bat-to-ball skills and, and how he can throw people out and control the running game, which is a big deal. Yep. And that's, he's young. He's a pup. He's going to learn how to do all the intangibles that you have to do to get numerous different minds through games when they're going bad and they can't do it themselves. So he's probably the one guy. But then there's everybody else. What do they think about everybody else? Mm. That's the question you got to ask yourself. We're going to do Barker's back leg bits in the next hour. But uh, Daryl just DM'd me. I hadn't thought of this, Daryl. I'm going to ask Barker about it. Um, talking about Sergio Romo. Daryl, I like the way you're like the way you're thinking here. Any possibility he opens for Kikuchi in Kikuchi's upcoming start. It is against the Rays. It helps Kikuchi avoid the top of the order, maybe allows him to find some rhythm in the second inning going mm-hmm. forward. You know, Daryl, I don't know. I'll, I will ask, I'll tell you what, I'll ask. I'm down to the park today, I'll ask. He's I done had, it before. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. You wonder, is there a reason that they brought Sergio Romo in now? Like, it... You know, think about it. You got a guy that throws one pitch. You toss him out there against the Rays. Then you bring Kikuchi. And maybe Kikuchi's, maybe you have Kikuchi just blow the lights out in the bullpen while Romo's pitching through the first inning. Mm. Sit down and come in. I, I I like the way you're thinking. I, I, for, I, for me I that, don't for, know. For me, that has to do with who's available to pitch the seventh, the eighth, and the ninth inning for you. I would think he's brought in here too to pitch but, meaningful innings at the well, back end. But but let, back back in. Okay, let's let's back just end. let's assume he's only giving you an inning. That's yeah, three batters or, or two batters, depending on depending on what the the other team's manager mm-hmm. does. Um, if Alec Manoa in the start tonight gives you what Alec Manoa can give you, maybe I. It's an intriguing idea. I had I had not I had not thought of that. But you're right, Romo has. Romo's filled that role with the with Rays. the Rays, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know he has. I, I think he did it against the Blue Jays, as a matter of fact. That's an intriguing thought, though. Mm, it is. It's an intriguing thought. You know, I think Daryl's thinking the, the reason that they would make that they made the move now. I would I wouldn't do it. I gave a guy thirty six million dollars to pitch from pitch one. That's me. You're putting a lot of pressure on all other parts of of other guys to fill spots that they're probably not capable of doing that with. Can a 39-year-old Sergio Romo get you through a first inning? Probably. But would you rather have him getting you through the sixth inning? I know the answer what I'm giving you. Yeah. I guess it just depends. Which inning's more important to you? And with with that, still the fact is, for whatever reason, he's having some issues filling the strike zone up early in the game. Yeah. Would that hide it? Would that fix it by a guy pitching the first inning and pitching to their best hitters? Is it the best hitters or is it something mindset-wise that I just don't think it's the other team's best hitters. That's that's his issue. I just don't yeah. think that's it. I think it's mechanical. You think it doesn't have anything to do with, I don't it, with think who it he's is. facing? I don't think it is, but that's a great question. Oh, it, it's, it's, it is a great question. It's, it's interesting. It is. It, I mean, there's, a lot, there's, a, there's a lot that would go into that to figure that out. I, Does it make... Does it make the Jays' decision easier, harder, or have no impact at all if Manoa wins tonight and they sweep 
the Red Sox, and you're going into that series. Shouldn't. And you've you've taken three from the Sox. Now you got five against Tampa. We're not saying that you throw a game away, five but you know four. it's five games. A little bit of four. house, a little bit of house money. Though. I don't think so. It's five. It's five games in four days, and you don't want to destroy a bad bullpen, boy. Okay. I said it, bad bullpen. You don't want to destroy that in game one. Listen to Kevin Gosman talk about what how important it is to set the tone in the first game of a series against good teams. Don't think that's any different in five games against the Rays, who you have a tough time beating. Even though they don't have some guys because they're hurt, they're still going to be a tough out and and a, you know, tough games to beat this team. I I don't think so. I I think there has to be one of those moments where you say, "Here it is. We gave you thirty six large. I know how you've looked. Go out there and give it to us. Figure it out." Will Middle Middlebrooks will join us in a few minutes. We have not talked about Tim Mesa today. I I I wanted to save some time to talk about him. We'll do it now before before uh, we break and before Will Middlebrooks joins us. Tim Mesa, not very good last night, Kevin. He's allowed runs in four of his last five starts, given up 11 hits, four earned runs. I believe that's over three and two-thirds innings. He's not been the same guy since he's come back. It's the late life on the, on all of his pitches. He's got to have life. It's not always about the velocity. I know a lot of people yell and scream about that. When he has late life, it makes it move where he wants the ball to go. For whatever reason, it just doesn't have the late giddy-up, the little late thing that you can tell, the hitter will tell you the late swings that they take. They're out in front of the slider because it has the late movement. He's tunneling them. It looks like the sinker. For whatever reason, doesn't have that. Whether that's injury, whether that's confidence, whether that's finish, whether that's mechanics, whether that's because he was injured, his routine's been thrown off, whether that I'm making excuses for him, whether it's the get-it-done league, not the try-it league. We're at that Point. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that. I don't want to say it this way, but when you're expected to win a bunch of games and you're depending on certain guys and they walk up to you and tell you that they're healthy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's I'm, – I'm watching him pitch last night. I understand. I understand Charlie and Pete. I, I, I understand they had to use him, but I had no confidence when he came into the game. I had none. Name a guy you do have confidence in. I still got confidence in Simber. I still have confidence in Simber. Um, it's hard to have confidence in trickery. Ah, but yeah, you know what? I, trickery. Trickery. No, nah, I still got, I, I, I've seen enough of, I, I've seen enough of him. I still have confidence in him. I, I put the ball in his hands. You know, I'm not saying I, I, I do it. I'm not saying I want him saving games for me. But yeah, I would. Uh, Charlie, I would Charlie and B got hands. nightmares going to bed at night thinking about how they're going to piece it together. I mean, Jordan but Romano that starter goes four and a third. I I guess you know what? <laughs> I don't know what it. I don't know what it says that he has not. He just hasn't pitched that much in June. Six appearances, and I, you know I understand the Jeff. They've had games where the closer hasn't been needed because they've either been blowing out or. But you still pitch him to keep him. But sharp. you still pitch him to keep him sharp. Exactly. And that's just, you know, I, I, I hear people, I, I keep, people keep talking about him as a potential all-star. How? I mean, he doesn't pitch. I'm with you. I, I, that, that, it's really puzzling. And, and look, there's a reason for it. The, mm-hmm. the Jays, they're not stupid people. There's a reason for it. They may be telling us something. Six appearances, though, for closure. Six appearances in... 29 days, I think it is. He went a week. The 21st was the last time he pitched. 
going into last night. The 21st against the White Sox. And last night was the, the first time he'd pitched since the 21st. That's mm. a long time. Now, I'd heard some rumblings about tipping pitches. But, man, you got two of them. Yeah, if you can't tough. figure it out by this time about how you're not giving away a, a fastball a fastball and a slider, two different sliders and a hater that you throw that you like to elevate with two strikes, you ain't really tricking nobody. Yeah. Like, they know sort of what's coming. Well, guess what? When, a, gu- when a dude comes in in the ninth holy, inning, holy, like, yeah, your chances, it's not like it's Ross Stripling where he's got five different pitches and he's going to throw the kitchen sink. And he's got to give you five innings. Yeah. He's got to go through the order more than one time. Like, there's so many times that you can make excuses for dudes about tipping pitches. Is that the first thing everybody goes to? I'll give him a bigger glove. Hey. Well, there may be something with that. Here's the thing. I've I've always. I guess. When people say that starters are tipping pitches, I. I, Maybe. But, I, man, I don't know about relievers. I I just. You know, if you're. if you can throw 98 and you somewhat yeah. can locate that, exactly. I should be able to tell you it's coming. There it is. I can, But I'm going to locate this thing so well, you ain't going to hit it. If Mariano, you it, it's going to over the second. Mariano Rivera kicked sure. his pitches all the time. All the time. Bad example, I located it. Bad example all the time. And it had late movement. But, yeah. Anyhow, uh, Will Middlebrooks is a former Red Sox third baseman. He is now an analyst with Nesson and CBS Sports. There's a bit of a crap storm in New England this morning. A low-pressure system building over Tanner Houck that has settled over New England. We'll talk to Will Middlebrooks about that. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, big discussion with Barker about tanning your arms. We've been having this thing. Barker's a little concerned that his one arm is darker than the other because it's the arm that he hangs out when he's driving. I said, dude, traffic's so bad in Toronto, you could just stop the car, get out, run around the other side, sit in the passenger side with the other arm out, and then go back. I try to open my sunroof. Hopefully the sun hits the other arm. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I try to do. I don't think it's working, though. I don't know, man. And then you end up getting with sun. You get sunspots in your face. Uh, yeah, that's the that's that's bad. I, I, I have a couple just because of Mexico. When I played summer league, you, you've been in in the summertime. No, I'm I'm. Holy moly! <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain that. I still. Why the Mexican league? Because I was at the end. I okay. didn't want to, I didn't want to give it up. Yeah, no, I, that's I, why, I, that's I just, why. Oh, I'm sorry. You're thinking, I was thinking, I was going to ask no, you no, no. why the Mexican league for winter ball no, when you like the, it's, okay, I get it. That's chilly, in season. It's chilly in the winter, in winter ball there. Okay. Occasionally. Yeah. So it's in, it's so, in, it's in season. You're talking about the Mexican league. league. I'm, I'm sitting right, in my, right. in my underwear on the bus. I don't need no, to, yeah, but the, well, there's no, there's no listeners air don't need to hear about the underwear in the bus. They don't need to hear about you sitting with, in your underwear on the bus. All right. We don't need to hear that. Uh, the Red Sox and Jays wrap up their three-game series tonight at the Rogers Center. Nick Pavetta and Alec Manoa on the mound. Uh, if you like pitching, come down to the Rogers Center tonight because mm-hmm. uh, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, there will be a uh, there will be good pitching on display. We talked about last night's loss, the Jays walking off the Red Sox six-five, and how it would have been it would have been a 
gut punch for the Jays to lose that game and we would have come on mm-hmm. this morning with their put the flame retardant stuff up in the studio here and gone after the the front office for the state of the Blue Jays bullpen. Uh, but, of course, Vladdy walks it off. Everybody's happy. Vladdy says it's our house. They're dumping water on him and everything. And now we're going, yeah, the bullpen's still an issue. But, oh, my God, did you see that, the way that inning came about? Mm-hmm. I wonder how it's being treated uh, in New England and Red Sox Nation. Will Middlebrooks is a former Red Sox third baseman. He's now with Nesson and CBS Sports, and he joins us on Blair and Barker. Will, thanks so much for joining Kevin myself today. We we trust that you're keeping well. Boy, there's a lot of things to start with here. The, the, the first thing is, I know Alex Cora was asked about Tanner Houck after the game and his vaccination status. And hey, look, I Alex, Alex handled it the way I would expect Alex to handle it. But I mean, I've got to ask you this. This is the second series now. They've come to Toronto. He hasn't been here. It has... Whether or not it's had an impact on the game, it's certainly had an impact on how Alex has been able to manage the bullpen. And I mean, I don't have to tell you, Will, this this could be a this could be a playoff preview given the way things are going. How much of an issue is this? Is this for the Red Sox? Or once all those starters get back and Garrett Whitlock goes into the bullpen, will will stuff be be settled a bit? Uh-huh. <laughs> It's an issue. I mean, we saw. I mean, we we knew that spot was going to come up at some point in this series. It's it's a division game. It's two uh, teams that are you know right there in the standing. So you know there's going to be some close ball games. Um, yeah, you don't want Tyler Danish. Tyler Danish has been really good. He's been really he's been a, he's been a, a solid filler guy, late mid inning guy, but he's not who you want in the ninth inning against the top of the Blue Jays lineup. That's not your guy. Preferably. Uh, it, it would be Josh, uh That would be John Schreiber, but mm-hmm. he threw the seventh against the top of the lineup. You're not going to throw him two innings there and then him uh, not be available tonight. So they went with Danish in that spot. So Schreiber was still available tonight. Uh, yeah, the, the Hulk, it's an issue. It hurts the team. Um, I, I'm not going to get into like the whole vaccination mm-hmm. political side of it because this is baseball and it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it hurts his team. Uh, but also at the end of the day, as a professional baseball player, you're aware this is, wasn't a surprise. They knew it was coming. They had time to plan this out. Uh, and, and it just comes down to other professionals stepping up and doing their job, and they just didn't get it done yesterday. Well, me and Jeff always uh, talked about coming into these eight games at home here against the Sox and, and the Rays about how big of a deal this could be just for the front office of making their decision. For the on, Jays. Front yeah, for the Jays on what they might do. Come trade deadline. If you had to ask Alex Cora with the door shut, what do you think they would think about their team? Do you think they think that they're one piece away, two pieces away? Do you get a feel about what they think about their team? Well, uh, yeah, I think you need another power arm at the back end of the bullpen, a right-handed arm. They have Strom. They have Diekman uh, on the left-handed side. I think there needs to be some more security in the late innings uh, in the Eighth, eighth, ninth inning because they have what fifteen blown saves this year. I think it's third most in the MLB. A lot of those came early. I know they got hot. They've last six weeks. They've been a good ball club, and then nineteen and six in June. They played good ball. They figured it out. Uh, right now, the 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 starting rotation is holding itself together without Nathan Avaldi, without Garrett Whitlock, without Chris Sale, and James Paxton. If you want to throw him in there as well, so they they have done a good job of holding it together, and the offense has carried this team over the last six weeks. Um, along with the starting pitching. But, 
this is going to be the only club that's going to get Chris Sale at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to be a big pickup. He's looked really good so far in his bullpen and in his two uh, rehab assi- assignments down in Florida. He's sitting 96-97. We saw him come off Tommy John late in the year, play last year. The velocity was 92-93, top at 94. His stuff isn't nearly as lethal. That slider is not nearly as good without 95-plus. So I think he's going to be a much better arm. If they just got to get his innings up because you don't want a $30 million a year player pitching an inning or two out of the bullpen for you. You need him in the starting rotation. So once he is able to get in that rotation, get them more depth there, Evaldi's back, I like Garrett Whitlock maybe being that late-inning guy they turned mm-hmm. to because he was so good there last year. Will, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think Alex moved around the big three, Devers, Martinez, and Bogarts, in the Atlanta series, where he put Devers hitting second, Martinez hitting third, and Bogarts hitting fourth. Can you tell me right. why why that makes sense and why the veteran guys or those big three bought into that? Uh, well, they have a lot of trust in Alex Cora. Um, it, it's beyond me trying to figure it out. I tried to figure it out, but I'm not in the analytical <laughs> meetings with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we, as we know, um, analytics tend to run a lot of the, the makings of the lineups nowadays. Now, Alex Cora is one of the rare few managers in baseball that the front office has given a much looser leash and said, like, we trust your opinion. We know how your baseball IQ is through the roof. Uh, and he has a little bit of more room to do what he wants. Um, it could have been him trying to mix righty-lefty, righty-lefty a little more in their lineup. Um, with, with Last night, obviously, it didn't, it didn't with Ref Snyder there. It goes righty-lefty, righty-righty-lefty uh, with Verdugo in the five spot. So it might just be mixing things up uh, once you get to late, late in the game with bullpen arms with the three-batter minimum and things like that. That's the only thing I can put my finger on. Uh, JD obviously hasn't been swinging the bat as well the past week. So maybe it's just moving him, trying to get him going again. Cause sometimes little things like that can just get guys going. What, uh, what's been the key for Nick Pavetta who we'll see tonight? Yeah. I mean, he had some mechanical, uh, inconsistencies early in the year, uh, and was, I mean, he was bad. His first, you know, five, six starts, he was not good. And then, all of a sudden, he's a complete polar opposite. I think his last 10 starts, he's around a two ERA. The strikeouts are up. The walks are down. The pitch count's been down, so he's been able to get late in the game. He had a complete game. He's been seven innings multiple times. Um, he's a fastball curveball guy. He's got he's got a changeup, but, I mean, he's going to work north and south. When he's at his best, watch for his fastball at the top of the zone or just above it, which obviously that's the book for most guys nowadays with, with velocity and launch angle swings and all that. But he's got a really, really good spinner, really good 12-6 to 6 breaking ball that just works out that same tunnel as his fastball. So when he's when he's going good, that curveball's not landing in the zone. When he lands in the zone, it gets hit. It's the one that starts at the top of the zone and ends at the shin. Uh, he'll, he'll be really working there, especially against guys like Vladdy who – you know, they can hurt you up in the zone. I think with Vladdy this year, it, the, the the average is down. I mean, he's still producing. He's still Vladdy. He's still one of the best hitters in the game. But I think the ground ball rate's up, the chase rate's up, and the chase contact's up. So if you're able to get him to swing outside of the zone, uh, that's, that's the one way to get him out. Do you think we give Alex Verdugo enough credit offensively? No. No, we don't. This guy is really good. And in the first month and a half of the season, he had some of the worst luck I've seen. I mean, he was squaring balls. Up. I mean, I remember the first series against the Jays. He flew out to the to the track. It felt like twice a game. You know, he's lining out. Uh, he goes the other way better than anybody in the lineup, um, especially from the left side. 
teams continue to shift them, and he just takes a single or double to left, uh, just lets the ball get deep and shoots it the other way. And then if you hang a breaking ball or, or something up in the zone, he can hurt you too. Um, I, I don't like to dig too deep into to advanced analytics and metrics and all that, but if you look at expected batting average versus his regular batting average, it's like an 80-point difference based mm-hmm. off of his exit velocity and how hard he hits the ball. Uh, and, and he's just had bad luck. I think he's a very, very good hitter and a really good uh, piece of the middle of the lineup. Will, really good of you to join us, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Will. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Be well. That's Will Middlebrooks of Nesson Sports and CBS Sports, former Red Sox third baseman. It's funny, it's funny when, I, when I ask him, what, what do they think of their team and, and what do they need? And the first thing out of his mouth was Power oh, out of the, the bullpen. Yeah. They, listen, I, 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 I will say this, though, and, and he uh, will hit the nail on the head. If Chris Sale comes back, Nathan Yavaldi comes back and James Paxton can give them anything that allows them to put Garrett Whitlock back in the bullpen. It, there is a scenario where the Red Sox get better without having to make a trade. That depends on health for the starting pitchers, but unlike the Blue Jays, unlike the Blue Jays, the answer to the most pressing Red Sox question might be an internal one. The Jays do not have that. That, to me, is the big Tanner Houck will help after tonight. He'll help a lot when it comes to the bullpen and who he can go to and solidifying one of the innings, depending on how Alex wanted to use him. But Alex talks a lot about going with games during games like it's a playoff game. Can you do it with bad Mm-hmm. Bullpen arms? Not sure you can do that. It's harder anyway. You know what time it is? It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I remember Kevin could rake in the Texas League. He yep. killed that league. Oof. Well, that's what you remember. I, I was that good of a player. That's why I went to, had a, you know, a super long career in the big leagues. No, I'm just kidding. Eh, funny. It is. I was there long enough. By the way, there are people who are, are wondering about the whole Jason Benetti saw you hit a home run off the scoreboard thing. They're talking about Jason was at Syracuse in a certain time, certain year, and Barker would have been in this league at this time and all this. I think people are kind of and, – and as someone said to me, you know, the thing with Barker is he doesn't always remember a lot yeah, of well, stuff about his career. Well, if you remember, it wasn't me that said that. So, oh. so blame Jason. Nice true. try. Okay. People, whoever wrote that. <laughs> I, I, got, I got something, a little something for you. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right. Pants Mullinix. Pants Mullinix. You like that for a Twitter handle? I actually rather do like it. Pants Mullinix. Wants to talk about Tanner Houck. Part of being a teammate, and I'm asking this question because I know it's a delicate subject, but you've, you've played the game. Part of being a teammate is making individual sacrifice for the success of the group. And he says, when I got the jab, the main reason why was for it was I was thinking of doing it for the greater good of humanity. Okay, this is Pants Molnix, but he's asking the question about how does that go over in the clubhouse? Like, we can talk about it and say, ah, you know, it's not that real, yeah, that really that big an issue. And, and I like what Will said. You know what? It, it, it's, you're professional. Everybody makes their decisions, decisions of consequences. And, you know, everybody has to handle it professionally. But, you know, the, it was... Peter Gammon sent out a tweet last night, one of several that came out after the, the game was lost. He said, look, here's the thing with, with Tanner Houck not doing that. And, you know, again, you're getting into, you're getting into people's personal, personal views and things. But his point was you know, there is a scenario 
or there is a possibility that this team either doesn't make the playoffs by a game mm-hmm. or gets in the playoffs and has to face the Blue Jays and can't use this guy. And again, no one's saying if Tanner Houck was here that Vladdy wouldn't have walked it off. We don't, we don't know. But we do know that Alex Cora manages the game differently sure. if Tanner Houck is here. Okay, everybody likes everybody. Uh, everybody, no, but everybody understands that, you know, people make up their own yada yada. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you're in that, you're in that clubhouse. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? You've come off that, you know, you saw poor old Tyler Danish out there last night being asked to do. We always talk about, got to put your guys in position to do stuff. You saw him being put in a position he probably didn't, mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have I'm been I'm not in. speaking for Tanner. I, I, I will, I will say this. You play in the American League East, you know who you may have to go through. You may you know where your team may have to go when it comes October. You know if you don't get vaccinated, you won't be a part of that. It's your job. You, you, you signed up for your job. This is what you wanted to be. You play in the American League East. You play in the American League East with a team that has to go to Canada. That's the rules in Canada. You want to you help your team? You want to help your team to the fullest and go where they want to go, which is lo- deep in the playoffs? You want to be a part of that? For me, I don't think there's an excuse for that. But again, I'm not speaking for Tanner. I would speak for myself mm-hmm. in this. I'm not speaking for Tanner. And, Nobody can but Tanner. And everything and, and everything we have to say this about Tanner Houck. He he's been very upfront about it. He's answered all the questions about it. He mm-hmm. hasn't told the writers to piss off. Uh, you know, it it's uh, yeah, it, it it's, but it it is such a because you know where this is going. I mean, you it's just, already there. if you're the Red Sox, you know where it's going. It's already there. You know where it's going. And, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not going to get into the whole pandemic thing, but as a couple of people pointed out, you know, there's a chance this sucker comes back. Mm. And if that's the case. I hope they're wrong. I, I do too. But if that's the case, then you got the, anyhow. But it, it's, it's, as I said, it's a huge talking point in New England today. Um, Travis Henry, Travis from Saskatoon. Loyal listener uh, wants to talk about Teoscar Hernandez. And thank you for sending this this in because I wanted to ask Kevin about this. That play last night, Teoscar Hernandez, he doubled off. Uh, he, he says, when does someone pull Teoscar aside and say enough is enough of this half-effort stuff? I, I, We've seen this over the years with him. How are you going to get where you want to go? One of the big boys gives the effort he gives sometimes in the base pass and in the field. Let me just say, mm. of course, Travis is asking this question the same time that Remember the story out of Chicago this weekend? Tony LaRusse is saying we've got players who've been told, you know, don't. That's different. Don't, don't throw a hundred down the first base on a ground there ball. There you go. Okay. That's an obvious out. That that I think is a little different because of all most of the people on their team have been hurt. Okay. And been out for a very long time. That's they different want to make a decent run in a, in a very bad division. And last night. They just, need to be healthy. I guess that's okay. Just to would let, be good. Okay for me. I'm not saying that as a manager. Let's just to let people know. Teoscar Hernandez leads off, gets on with an infield hit. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. called out and strikes. Matt Chapman's at the plate. He's lazy. He's lazy. He His fouled. baseball IQ has been the big thing since Teoscar Hernandez has been in the big leagues. Now and if I were Charlie, I would have taken out out of the game. Okay. We're just want to make sure people we're talking about Teoscar Hernandez there. Matt Chapman popped out to the catcher. Catcher throws to first base. He, he's he's running. Over. I think it's a 3-2 count with one out. He's running, trying to stay out of the double play. They're trying to put pressure on the defense. He's running. Uh, he's running with his head up. He looks. He's lazy getting back to first. That's the whole thing. He saw where the ball went. He, he makes an approach back to first base. He just doesn't run hard back to first base. And I got to be honest with you. If I'm Charlie, I'm taking him out of the game. And I'm telling everybody after the game why I took him out. There's no excuse for that. There's not the Blue Jay way. 
I don't care if he does hit fifth for us, play right field every day. It's not the way it's going to be here. Play harder. Get back to first base. No excuse for that. None whatsoever. Can't make excuses for it. Teoscar couldn't. Charlie can't. And sometimes, not all the time, sometimes there has to be an example set. And that for me, if I was the manager, but I'm not the manager. Charlie is. Yeah, I uh, I don't. Uh, it's lazy. Yeah, I, I always have an issue when somebody sort of asks how you would handle it if you're a manager because I, 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 mean, I get your point. I'm not a big believer in showing up one of my main guys, and I understand you do. It can, he showed it can send himself a up and his team up. Well, it was a, it was a mile high pop up you, to the catcher. You said something. Come on. You said something about two months ago that has really stuck with me, and that was we're talking about being a good teammate. And you said you want to be a good teammate, take the extra base. There it is. Run the bases well so that when I get a hit that should be an RBI, you're scoring. You want to be a good teammate? Just look at it this way. If I'm an opposing team, if I'm a team that might want to trade, give away a piece, and I'm looking at getting back Teoscar Hernandez, I might question that. No, nobody questions his tools, Mm -hmm. what he brings. It's the baseball IQ, and sometimes he doesn't look like he tries. I'm just be honest. Nathan James wants to know our opinion about the Freddie Freeman situation with his agent and his emotional return to Truist Park. He says, how do you think his current teammates feel about his outburst? Well, I don't know if you saw what Clayton Kershaw said. How about not? It. Clayton Kershaw basically said, yeah. We gave you 162 large. Yeah. Why don't you come over here? we got a pretty good organization, too. Yeah. Come over here and join us. Stop crying. I, you may get, and you know what? You, one of those rings you got that, from Atlanta, you think their ring's great? Wait do you see the ring we pop, get when we win It's not going to be a popular take by no. saying stop, you know, especially with the Dodgers. It was a lot to handle. If I'm a Dodgers player and I'm sitting over there watching him cry at the pregame show, cry in the fifth inning, cry when he got the ring, cry at postgame, like Dodgers and then good fire team, his good agent, and then fire his agent because he's blaming agent. him because he didn't get him back to the Braves. Oh yeah, we seem to be the only team that gave you the extra year. Be happy that you're here with us. We got a pretty good team. Oh yeah, yeah. it's just it's a uh, it's a it was a little bit of a uh, it was a lot to take. It it was. It did. Tom Glavin was so good about returning and going back. And Now, Glavin's situation with Atlanta was a little different because he's talked about this on our show and elsewhere. He was a big – he was involved in the Players Association. And during the strike, he took a lot of grief. I mean, he was booting Atlanta a lot. So that was kind of the beginning of the end for him in Atlanta in terms of – at that point, you kind of knew that the divorce, when it happened, wasn't going to be a good one. But Kevin, I, I you know, I'm with you. Look, Freddie Freeman seems like a lovely guy, um, you know. But I, I mean, that doesn't help anybody. You know, the Braves, the Braves win yesterday with Matt Olson hitting, drive, a, couple hitting a couple of home runs, and and is on pace for I think the most. I don't. He, he's on pace for Hank Aaron's club yeah. record for multi-hit games. And I just, I'm also looking at. You're right. I'm looking at it from the Dodgers' point of view. But I'm also Matt Olson going like, dude. You know, come on, be a pro here. Ker- Ker- Kershaw, be a pro. To Kershaw's point, don't make it so obvious that you don't want to be here. Don't make it so, because it's obvious that yeah. you don't want to be a Dodger. You'd rather be a Brave. Why? Yeah, he keeps talking about closure. There's 160 million, 62 million closure yeah. dollars <laughs> that you have that would make it a little easier for you to go, I'm not a Brave anymore. You signed the deal. You wanted the extra year. That's not why you're a Brave. 
is because they wouldn't give you the extra year. So I just, yeah. I, it's a, it's a, it was a lot, man. It was, uh, it was a lot. That's yeah. me anyway. Everybody got their own take, and I, I know Braves fans, they're, they're in love with Freddie Freeman, but man, I just, it's, respect the team that you're on. And, and you know like, what? I got to tell you this. I, I, I don't know Freddie Freeman. I've never spoken to him. Me either. But I got to tell you this. You know, Alex Anthopoulos has taken a lot of grief for the way that developed. Take a look at how this weekend went. Do you think that maybe Alex got frustrated at one? I mean, this is the way things were. Alex at some point is going to go, how am I part of this, man? I'm not going to move on. I'm going to get me Matt Olson. Pretty good replacement. That's it for us today. We'll be back tonight following the Blue Jays game. 707 first pitch. Alec Manoa, Nick Pavetta, chance to sweep the Red Sox. Barker and myself will do Blue Jays talk after that game. We're back tomorrow as well, 10 to noon Eastern. Have yourself a great day.